are listening to the Local Matters Podcast, hosted by David Dowd and Linda Banton. The Local Matters Podcast is brought to you by Cross County Bank, because local matters. Well, thanks for joining us for the first episode of the Local Matters Podcast. I'm David Dowd, and along with my co-host, Linda Banton, we plan to use this platform to bring you local matters that are informational and relevant. That's right, David. We'll be talking with various local organizations to find out more about them and their projects, and we'll also have some of our local government officials join us. I'm really excited to hear what they have to say. Let's let's get with it. So, you know, a huge issue that consumers are dealing with, uh, not only locally, but all over the U.S., is identity theft and fraud. I read recently that in 2017, one in 15 consumers became victims of identity fraud. Of the 3 million identity theft and fraud reports in 2018, 1.4 million were fraud-related, and 25% of those cases reported that money was lost. In 2018, consumers reported losing $1.48 billion, that's billion with a B, $1.48 billion to fraud. So joining us today is Cross County Bank's IT manager, Josh Shielding. Josh is going to have a conversation with us about this issue and offer a few tips on how you can safeguard your personal information to better protect yourself and decrease your chances of falling victim to identity theft and fraud. Josh, welcome to Local Matters. So identity theft, fraud, we read about it, we see it on the news, we, we don't really think about these things happening to us or, or in our local community. Can you explain some types of fraud that you're familiar with that maybe you've seen play out locally? Absolutely, and thank you for having me. So some of the things that we see locally and especially regionally, we're in between two major interstates, and a lot of times on those interstates you see a lot of card skimming. It's easy in, easy out. They have multiple teams doing it. Somebody will come in, drop a skimmer off. Another team come by, pick it up, and they just leapfrog. The bad thing about card skimmers is that information can lay dormant for months at a time before anything can be done with it. So, so Josh, skimming, card skimmer, what, what's that? Give us an example of how somebody would use one of those. All right, a good instance is on gas pumps. You know, they can put a small overlay over the credit card reader and it will capture every bit of information as the cards are put in and pulled out. They save that information. They pick up the device. Most of the time it's got some sort of small memory chip in it, and no telling how many people have ran their cards through that machine in that time frame. They store that information, and then they can turn around and sell it hundreds of times on the black market. And if it's good known numbers, they can get quite a bit of money out of that. So do you feel like those things happen right here in Wynn, Arkansas? Or Jonesboro, perhaps? I would say Jonesboro. I know they have, in fact, happened in Jonesboro. I know we have had some instances along I-55 over around Osceola and Blyville. And I know there's been some issues down around Lone Oak where we have had some that have been that close. So what do we need to do? I mean, we pull up to the gas pump. The place we put our debit card, our credit card looks a little funny. I mean, what what, what do we need to do? What do we need to be looking for? When well, we, if when it, we if it looks out of place, if the credit card slot's crooked, if it's miscolored, if it looks like it's coming off the panel, something like that, the first thing I would do is go let somebody at the store know. And if, in fact, it does look, you know, out of place, I wouldn't use it. Yeah. yeah. Because it, it happens yeah. more often than not. If it looks out of place, it probably is. Absolutely. So what are, what are some other things we need to be on the lookout for? Well, online identity fraud is a big thing. People capturing somebody's information through a phishing scam in an email or something like that. You know, you can send out an email and ask a few simple questions 
and you end up getting a lot more information than you expect. And Linda, I know you had an instance yeah. here recently where this week, Josh, I um, my um, information had been compromised a couple years ago at a doctor's office. You know, of specialists that I went to, and you have to give them your social security number and basically everything. And um, Experian put me on their watch list because of this. And I came in Tuesday after a holiday, checking my emails, which I do first off the bat. And um, there was an email from Experian. And I was like, you know, it was important. Click here, check this immediately. And I was like, I don't know. I better check with IT department. Remember, I called and said, do I open this or not? Because, you know, we're always cautioned around here not to open just anything. So, um, meanwhile, while I was waiting on you to get there, I went to another one of the three credit bureaus to check my credit report to see if it, there was any activity that I didn't recognize. And sure enough, somebody had opened a PayPal account. I had a $1,000 um, maximum credit. Um, on Valentine's Day, they had spent $998. So someone had a good Valentine's Day. Sounds like so, it. But it took me half the day to get any results trying to talk to the credit bureaus you know you can dispute those online but they just kept kicking me off and saying call finally i got in touch with someone from experian and they put a a a fraud message on my account so like if you were going to check my credit if i bought something somewhere they would feed that back to the customer saying this account has fraud so, and then they would give me a call to make sure that it was legit or not. So I did appreciate that, but I had to talk to Big Bank in Florida. I had to talk with like Experian, which it's so hard to get in touch with those people. You know that yourself. Anytime sure. punch this, punch this, and then you get somebody hangs you up. And then, but finally I did. And PayPal said they would take care of it, they would wipe it off my account. And uh, contact all three credit bureaus. So, and then I did receive a uh, an email today saying my dispute was in of. process. So, how do you feel like that that happened? I mean, you mentioned the doctor's office from from before. Yeah, that had been like a couple of years, and like Josh was saying, they let it lay there for a while. You're not thinking Absolutely. about it. But had I not had that Experian watch on my account, and I really didn't think I had it. That's what made me think that it was just somebody, yeah, fishing because. Um, it was only good for so long, and, you know, they'll send you these things wanting you to purchase this and purchase that to keep it going, and I didn't. So I was surprised that it was still there, but apparently they were still keeping a watch. Well, that's the thing, you know, people don't realize when you do have an incident like this, it takes an enormous amount of effort on our parts to get it rectified. I mean, you spent, what, half the day? I I did. And And the thing about it was... When I was trying to talk to the bank or to PayPal, they would say, we need an account number. And I'm like, I don't have an account number. I don't even have a PayPal account, so how am I going to give you a number? Right. But finally, I I was reluctant, but I gave them my Social Security number because I thought, well, they, they have it anyway, so. Yeah. Wow. So, see, I mean, that's something that's hit. Just recently, right, yeah. right here at home, yeah. and, absolutely. And you know. it hadn't been for Experian, I wouldn't have known until I got a bill. 
Yeah. Yeah. And that would have been, what, a month later? So, Josh, you know, and, and kind of along with what Linda's talking about, uh, you know, online shopping. You know, I hear some people say, oh, I'm not going to put my credit card out there. But, I mean, is that really that big a deal anymore? I mean, would you agree that most fraud comes from online shopping? I don't necessarily agree that it comes from online shopping. Now, you know, your big vendors, Amazon, eBay, places like that, they're probably more well-protected. But when you start finding these mom-and-pop shops, who knows what their back-end security may be like? Who knows what right. their secure payment system may be like? Things like that, I'd be I'd be cautious. Yeah, and, and really, I mean, as far as that goes, I mean, if somebody's going to try to steal your information, they're, they're going to, whether that's at a, you know, a restaurant locally or whatever, you know, when you give them your credit card, well, I mean, all it, somebody has to do is write it down. So mm-hmm. they can take it's it in the true. back when they take your card to go swipe it to pay for your meal, and your information can be gone in an instant. Mm-hmm. Right. So let's talk about safeguarding, I guess, our, our personal information. Uh, what, what are some ways that a person can, can safeguard their personal information? Well, one thing I'd say for sure is I wouldn't store anything that pertains to my banking on my cell phone. And I wouldn't store it on my laptop if I take it with me anywhere. Any any device that you carry with you and you're mobile with, I would be sure not to store any of my account numbers, my passwords, or anything like that in plain text on an app on the phone or the device or anything like that. I'd be really cautious using some of the, you know, free public Wi-Fi's, things like that. I mean, there's people that sit and sniff traffic on, you know, free Wi-Fi systems like at McDonald's or Starbucks or Barnes & Noble. I know Barnes & Noble's a big community thing where people go in there and they sit down and they read and they're in there using the free Wi-Fi and things like that. I'm I'm very cautious of that. So when that when that comes up on our phone or our tablet, our laptop, where we're clicking onto it, an unsecured network. That's Correct. what you're talking about. Don't go the unsecured network. Use one that's got a, at least got a password, right? That or protect yourself with a private VPN on your phone or your mobile devices. Okay. I mean, that's the best thing I can suggest to anybody that does have to use free Wi-Fi. Uh, there's some great apps out there that are pretty inexpensive that, that are doing a very good job at protecting people. Very good. That's great. Well, I've heard that your information can be stolen from your wallet. That's true in certain cases. You've got to have the right kind of credit card or the right kind of payment device that either has near-field communication or an RFID chip in it. Uh, you've seen these commercials where you can walk up and you can tap the device at the, the kiosk or the right. point-of-sale station. Those kind of chips, there are devices out there that can suck that information off those cards without even physically touching them. Wow. Well, I ordered a billfold that's supposed to protect my cards. They do. Those billfolds have uh, certain linings in them that kind of keep that inf- the you know the devices from communicating outside of the pocket within the de- you know the billfold or wallet. But they already have my information, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> they already got you. <laughs> they got me, and I didn't get the big Valentine's, the nine hundred dollar <laughs> Valentine's gift. That's right. <laughs> Somebody's one. happy. What's the best advice you can give consumers concerning ID theft or fraud? Well. The thing I would suggest is if you get an email and somebody's asking asking you questions and asking for information that you haven't, you know, inquired about or anything like that, that's a big no-no. And if it's always, always this motto right here, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. You know, I don't have a cousin that's living overseas somewhere that's trying to deposit $5 million in my bank account. I mean, I know we've seen those emails a lot. Yeah. 
And then the other thing is, you know, always make sure you know where your information is, your wallet, your phone, make sure you keep up with it and know where it's at. Good advice. Absolutely. So how important is it for a consumer to check, um, you know, their statement or online transactions? Um, I think that's one of the most important things you can do. You have to be very, very, very diligent about making sure that if you have transactions that you're not aware of, you contact your financial institutions as soon as possible. Uh, Some of the investigations can take weeks to try and track down where that information came from or went to. Uh, And then, you know, the amount of time you're going to spend on your side and there's potentially, you know, dollar loss there. If you have to get, you know, some sort of legal advice from somebody that costs you money. So, and, and, you know, a lot of times it seems like they're smaller transactions. Absolutely. They, they try to do a lot of smaller transactions. So it'll kind of fly under the radar and somebody won't mm-hmm. take as, as much notice. So, so let, let's talk about debit cards uh, and, and the alerts that, 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 that we do. And, and a lot of banks do where you can uh, sign up for debit card, alerts and, and I guess I mean credit cards do that too but yep. but as far as Cross County Bank is concerned our debit card uh, uh, alerts talk to us about that a little bit okay the way our debit card alerts work are you know if if you have something that's kind of odd or out of place or you know it's regionally different than where your normal locations are our back-end software will send you a text message and say hey this transaction's out here trying to go through is it fraud is it not and if you are familiar with it and you click yes, the transactional process, if you click no, it will put in a, you know, a stop on your debit card and then you can, com- you know, contact the bank or whoever your, you know, banking officer may be, whether it's your loan officer or whatever, and then they can help begin the investigation and get it to the right people here at the bank. It's always good to have some sort of tracking on your debit card, credit card, whatever the case may be, because who knows, you could go out to eat you know, in Memphis. And then the next thing you know, you've got a $700 transaction from New York city for, uh, some electronic device online. And you've got to spend however long to fix that. Yep. And it's because somewhere between here and there, somebody got your information. Yeah. And it doesn't seem to take very long or, oh, you, or you wouldn't not. think, you know, and, and, and how many times have we, well, I mean, when you order something online, obviously nobody sees your card, you, you know, so, I mean, you, you can go online and put in anybody's number and, and that type of thing. And, so, yeah, it's uh, as consumers, we, we certainly have to be careful. Very, yeah, very and careful. I try to use a credit card if I'm going to order something online to protect my account because it's right. a lot easier to cancel a credit card than to recreate a whole new uh, checking account and all that. It's well, you got to think process. about all the bills you're paying out of the checking yeah, account that you've got set up for automatic bill pay right. or drafts or automatic real deposits. Headache. Yeah. Like I said, there's a lot of time involved if you have identity theft and you've got to start over. Absolutely. And I think I had my uh, checking account compromised one time through just giving someone a check for, I was it was a long weekend, I was off, and the camping ground where we were staying, they didn't take debit cards. It was, you know, you could write a check or give cash. Well, I don't have enough check to pay for the whole um, week that we were going to be there, and so I gave them a check. Well, when I got back home, I checked my account, and there was a TurboTax charge on there. Mm. So I contested that, and the people were like, well, have you already filed your taxes? I'm like, yes. And they said, well, it's a good thing because you could have been in trouble. That or somebody was trying to get your tax refund. That's right. I mean, that happens a lot, too. Yeah. 
Wow, that's crazy. Well, Josh, one one last thing. You know, it's it's a pain sometimes to to uh, have to come up with new passwords and you know changing passwords. And of course, here at the bank, you know, we've got multiple uh, different types of software that we have different passwords and, and and all. But but as far as the consumer, you know, at home, my home computer, my my phone, what whatever the case is, talk to us about more secure passwords and and maybe how often we should change those passwords. Yeah, I think complexity of passwords is is something that a lot of people miss out on. You know, we want to make it easy to get access to our devices or to log into our accounts, but you got to remember if you're just using something really plain and simple, it doesn't take long to get that password broken. Uh, most of our passwords around here we keep at 10 characters. And they have to be a complexity of, you know, numbers, lowercase letters, uppercase letters, and a symbol. You know, special characters are one of the kickers in passwords for making them really strong because when you add a special character in there, it adds a level of difficulty when it comes time to try and decrypt a password. Yeah. So how often should we should we change? You know, around here internally on the bank, we, we try and keep it at 90 days. As a consumer, I would say it would be a good practice to maybe change them every six months. Yeah. I know it's a pain, but yeah. I think it's a great practice to get into. And if you have Wi-Fi at your house and you have a lot of devices on it, me personally, our Wi-Fi password changes often, uh, probably probably a little more frequently than six months. But I always like to make sure that all the devices we have within our network are protected because, you know, not only is it you're just your personal banking information, your personal information, period. Yeah. I mean, everything. We're, it seems like we're storing on our tablets, our phones, our yeah. home computers. and So, yeah, I, I don't think we can be too careful. I do not either. Very good. Well, any last words uh, for the consumers out there who are maybe dealing with these issues or or certainly don't want to deal with these issues? uh, What's the best advice you can give concerning identity uh, theft or fraud? If you get a phone call at random asking for access to your PC, it's probably not legitimate. And if you get an email asking you for information that you did not ask for or inquire about, it's probably too good to be true. Yeah, very good, very yeah. good. We see a lot, of, a lot of customers come in trying to get everything straightened out from giving out information that they thought was legit on legit that or email. letting somebody yeah. get access to their PC right. that called them and said, "Hey, you've uh, got a problem," and they weren't aware. Can I take control of your yeah. computer yeah. or your phone? It's scary. It's it is. Scary. It really is. It really is. It's a it's a war we fight every day. Every day. Every day. Well, very good. Well, hey, it's uh, it's been great having you, Josh, on our first episode of uh, Local Matters podcast. And, uh, you know, I think this is uh, an issue that uh, really hits home, even right here in small town Arkansas. So any anything that the consumer can do to uh, protect themselves uh, against potential fraud is, uh, is is definitely very warranted. And, and somebody really ought to be proactive in uh, in doing that so linda any last words i'll just say yes it does take a little bit of time to change your passwords but it takes a lot more time to try to solve the fraud issue yes it absolutely absolutely well hey thanks again for uh joining us on our very first episode of the local matters podcast and uh for david dowd and linda benton along with our guest josh yielding until next time thanks for joining You've been listening to the Local Matters Podcast, brought to you by Cross County Bank, because local matters. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast to keep up to date on future episodes. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, 
Google Play, and most other podcast platforms. Thanks for joining us today. And remember, local really does matter.